this just in for the X-Jay Talk Show News Desk. Temperatures rising all over the nation. Scientists say it must be global warming. Smart people say it's just summer. Hey, stud. It's time for the XJ Talk Show. Now, here's my two favorite boys, Tony and Josh. <laughs> hey, uh, welcome to the XJ Talk Show, episode 88. Uh, this is Tony. And this is Josh. And uh, you probably know me as Motoroy on XJTalk.com. And you guys can find me as Northwest 99XJ or NW99XJ. Yeah, that. Uh, I'm glad I went with the name that I picked. That way I don't have to explain it like you do, Josh. <laughs> yeah, I guess that does leave some room for confusion occasionally. Yeah, I can see how, though, you would say NW99XJ, and they go, what did he say? Uh, He's a root beer fan, you know, so I can, I can, uh, it looks good on the screen, though, and of course, that's uh, that's why you came up with that, I'm sure. Well, yeah, and I suppose when I say Northwest99XJ, I could just see somebody doing a search and typing out Northwest, and, well, they wouldn't find me that way. Mm-mm. Nope, they sure wouldn't. I don't think it's anywhere listed like that on uh, on xjtalk.com or maybe any other site that you uh, that you uh, uh, go to. Now, uh, now you guys, uh, you are uh, being treated with royalty because uh, some time ago, uh, Josh was elected uh, to president of the Northwest chapter uh, at Naxja. So uh, I often forget to mention that, but that's a big deal because uh, he has to put in a lot of time and effort uh, over there for, for Naxja as well as... Uh, uh, goofing off on uh, playing around on xjtalk.com's uh, chat room with uh, several of the the people during the day. Uh, I, I see it ever ever so often because you know I have a job that I'm busy at at work. Oh, <laughs> right, I, I was waiting for the jab there. I was like, no, this is way too much fluff for there not to be a jab in there. Somewhere. There's got to be a poke in the eye somewhere, of course. Yeah, so, no, I, I do sit in front of a computer all day, but I've got two screens up, and uh, one of them always has some sort of Jeep something on it, uh, and it's usually my favorite website, xjtalk.com. Well, I give Josh a hard time because uh, he puts in about uh, 40 hours more a week than I do uh, at his job, and he gets a lot done, so uh, I don't think anybody uh, begrudges him uh, whatever he's got to do, uh, short of shooting people to get the job done uh, at, his, <laughs> at his place of employment, so... Uh, well, we, I really, I know, I know. I really appreciate all the time that you put into it, and you do, you do a lot more stuff in your life than I would ever. It would just take away from nap times for me, Josh, and that, that, that yeah. I just can't do that. Yeah, no, I'm not much of a napper. I guess I'm uh, one of those people that just have a motor. You know, I, I always have to uh, keep myself busy doing one thing or another. Uh, don't get me wrong, I do love my R and R time, but uh, yeah, I'm just not so much of as far as the napping goes. But you're one of those Type A personalities. You know, I never got the whole type A, type B thing. I, I uh, in the famous words of Popeye, I am what I am. Yep. Uh, I, I like to think I'm a type C negative. There we go. There we go. <laughs> now, I don't like stress. Uh, I don't know anybody that does. Uh, I guess some people uh, get a lot done uh, with stress, but uh, I try to, to shy away from that. And, uh, oh, well, I've, I've done a pretty good job. I, I get things done. It's just uh, kind of in my own time frame, I guess. Um, yep. So yeah, life's, uh, uh, life's way too short to be uh, stressing over the the small stuff. It's nice to get things done, though, and I, I certainly think you're you fall into that camp of getting things done. Well, uh, so uh, just to give you guys an idea, if uh, you, if this is your first time listening to our show, that I really recommend uh, going back and picking up some of the other uh, the other podcasts that uh, we've done. 
uh, it goes, but goes back over a year, uh, maybe uh, close to two years. You don't have to go back and look at the archives and see when the first show was. And uh, as of uh, November 2012, we made a big change because we added uh, Josh as the co-host here. So uh, prior to that, there's a lot of dead air and a lot of me going, well, <laughs> uh... <laughs> so it's it's improved greatly uh with uh, the addition of the of our co-host uh i think and i, I you'll probably agree too but you know if you want to have some fun you can go back and uh, listen to those old shows but anyway what we do here is we uh talk about jeeps cherokees uh we we talk about the new 2014 cherokee that's coming out but we really don't consider that to be a, a cherokee uh a true cherokee do we josh no, I was going to say, we talk about it, but not in a very fond manner, usually. <laughs> no, and uh, I always say, I don't begrudge Jeep for trying to make some money. I think it's great. Just don't just don't call it, you know, my child's name. Uh, yeah. it, it makes me no, feel bad yeah. about my child whenever you do that. It's an insult to my child whenever you call it a Cherokee, because my, my children in the garage or the, child, the child that I have in the garage, the Cherokee, that's a Cherokee, because that's the one that they built three million of, not this thing that... Uh, Oh, and God help me if they if this thing is impo- is popular and, and and they sell four million of them, I'll I'll just I'll kill myself. Well, Tony, you might uh, you might want to have to take off the headphones uh, when I get to uh, this week in Jeep later on, because uh, folks, I got some news for you about the new Cherokee and a little bit of history behind it too. I know it's not even released yet; we've already got history about it. We'll get to that later on. Uh, Tony and I have got some stuff we're going to talk about as well, uh, stuff about our own Jeeps. We're going to, of course, give you guys a nice little treat. Play you bought what our favorite Amazon segment. We've got some voicemails to share with you guys and uh, a whole bunch of other stuff we'll bring to you later on. Yep, yep. And uh, so uh, we hope you enjoy the show. Uh, it's uh, available uh, live, the live show, which is uh, what we're doing right now, Sunday, 10 p.m. Uh, on Ustream. It's uh, Ustream slash channel, or actually Ustream.tv slash channel slash XJTalk. And uh, we've got about uh, six people in uh, the chat room right now watching. I don't know how many guests uh, could be watching, but uh, they are uh, in there. Uh, I think they're paying attention, uh, Josh. They're talking to each other about stuff. So, Oh, and the chat is always good times. Got yeah. Lots of good stuff going on in chat, folks. You guys want to get in on the, on the show. We've got several ways you can do that. Of course, join in uh, with the live broadcast. Check out that chat room. A lot of fun to be had there. You can give our 24-7 voicemail line a call and chime in with the show, anything that you've heard in the past or something we're talking about right now at 530-675-4102. You could even send a text message to that number as well. We'd love to hear from you guys. Yep. Uh, we'll uh, read the text message uh, on the air uh, and play your voicemail on the air. Uh, when when I say air, I'm just kind of going by the old radio terms. There's no air involved here. Uh, well, I guess all of it's hot air. Uh, yeah. But... Uh, uh, there's a good chance that it'll be played on the show. In fact, let's uh, let's go ahead and jump to our uh, voicemail, Josh. All right. Hey, this is Tony. And this is Josh from the XJ Talk Show. We want to thank you for calling our 24-7 voice line. Yes, we do. Just leave your first name and your question or comment. There's no guarantee, but we may play your message on the podcast. Oh, and don't worry about keeping it clean. We'll take care of that. Now it's your turn to speak at the beep. Hey, this is Nikki G. I think I'm going to have to call you back in a minute. I'm getting a spotty cell connection. Curse you, Sprint. Hey, this is Nikki G. And uh, I want to talk about this week about uh, pulling my Jeep over with the Jeep. And uh, sorry I haven't been around in a while. It's 
boating season, and you know, there's just uh, so many things have to line up for me to be able to go on the boat. The boat has to run, the jeep has to run. I have to have the time. Grass needs cut. Bikes can't be around. Uh, Venus has to be lined up with Mars. Pluto has to be in the third quadrant. All that <laughs> stuff works out great, and then I've been out on the boat enjoying it. But uh, so I got got kind of a boat jeep question. Uh, launched a boat. It's running good and cutting through water, pulling a friend on a jet ski. I guess I have a friend, some of whom are not imaginary, but uh, I'm not sure if this one was or not. Anyhow, so I'm pulling, pulling scare. Boat's running kind of sluggish. Uh, it's having a hard time pulling the skier and pushing the Jeep through the water. <laughs> I know what you say. Why don't you just take it off the trailer? Well, everybody's been out boating those. The worst part of the day is putting the boat back on the trailer when you're all tired and worn out and Alcoholic beverage comes into play on that a few times, too. So I just alleviate that problem, just leave the boat on the trailer. And uh, it worked fine pushing the pickup truck. It's pickup truck was a little hydrodynamic more than Jeep. I guess the Jeep's too boxy. But, uh, and don't worry about the Jeep. It's fine. I got a snorkel on it and a good set of fins, too. But uh, So it, it's kind of sluggish. How can I, how can I uh, streamline the Jeep a little more? And uh, so uh, I guess another question is, is, do I need a license to catch all the fish that's caught in the undercarriage of the Jeep? And does anybody have a good recipe for fresh Jeep-caught fish? All right, gentlemen, I will chat at you later. Thanks. Bye. What is it that they call that, uh, Josh, whenever you take the, uh, is it a, a dove cut or something where you take the fenders in at the front and, and narrow it so you get more tire exposure and the same thing in the back? What do you call that? I forget. Uh, it's usually like tubbed or something like that. A fold uh, or something. Or, uh, you know, there's a, there's several terms. I'm sure it just kind of depends on what part of the, the United States you come from. I know when you got, when you do uh, do it on the sides, it's called, you know, boat side. Obviously. Ah, where you, okay. Yeah, when you cut in the rockers and you taper them down towards the flame, frame rail, uh, that's called boat sides. But, yeah. No, so, that's, that's uh, see, that's how I think he could streamline it for for the water. Yep, yep, and uh, take some of the tinfoil out of his hat and maybe uh, put up in the front, uh, you know, maybe put a nice little cone on the front of that radiator. I, I don't think it's good to go against the doctor's advice. We should leave the, leave, let his doctor decide how much tinfoil should be in his hat. <laughs> uh, Tony G, never disappointing on the voicemails. Thanks again for uh, for playing along, buddy. Really appreciate those. Yep, and, uh, you know, you guys don't have to uh, be as creative, uh, but you do have to call in. It's, it's a new requirement that we're going to have, uh, Josh. Uh, everybody needs to call in the voicemail at least once. You know, I'd like to see that. I mean, we've got a, we've got a fairly substantial listener base, and, and I'd like to, like to hear a little bit more from some of those people out there that, well, maybe a little bit shy of, of uh, you know, being on the air during a live call, which we occasionally do the live call-ins. But, uh, but yeah, no, we'd like to hear from, uh, from more people out there. You guys, the number's really simple, 530-675-4102. Even if you just call to say who you are, where you're from, and should give us a nice little shout-out. We'd appreciate it. Yep, yep. Now, uh, something I was going to mention earlier, uh, which I'm, I'm sure everybody knows, but just in case, uh, we do this show, XJ Talk Show, for uh, the website that's been around for a number of years now, uh, for a little over four years, uh, mm -hmm. xjtalk.com. And uh, we want you to uh, go over there and visit if you're not already, uh, if you haven't already been by uh, the site. Chances are that if you've done a Google search for any Jeep Cherokee information, uh, you've been to the site because uh, we're up there near the top. Uh, 
We've got, uh, we get lots of guests and uh, take the time to register. We'd like to see pictures of your rig. I don't care if it's four-wheel drive or two-wheel drive, if it's lifted or if it's stock. We just like seeing Jeeps. And you know what? Uh, it wasn't too long ago that we had uh, uh, a Samurai, a built Samurai up on our front page just because it was cool. <laughs> so uh, the guy that owned that thing and uh, he had sold his uh, Cherokee, continued on being a member on xjtalk.com and uh, got a Samurai and built it up. And uh, he thought it was just amazing that we would, uh, you know, not run him off or uh, feature his Jeep. I mean, I'm sorry, his Samurai on the front page. It's a cool-looking rig. Who cares? Well, and it's a cool-looking website, and it's probably one of the most friendly and uh, most technologically advanced uh, places for tech, general discussion, tips, advice, you name it. Uh, probably not a better source on the web to find out information about your Cherokee, some things you didn't know, some things you like to find out about, or if you need help with something, or if you just want to get pics and uh, some inspiration from other people out there who uh, are also Cherokee owners. And we have some, uh, we have quite a bit of fun there too. I, I mentioned earlier at the beginning about the, uh, the chat, we have a little chat window uh, that's uh, at the top of each page. So you can be uh, cruising around on the site, looking things up, reading things, and uh, uh, either uh, you'll be able to see the little chat at the top of the page or just a quick scroll up and see what's going on. And as a member, uh, only members get to see that by the way. But as a member, you can uh, sit there and chat with people. It's a great thing to do during the day when you're supposed to be working. Yeah, now take it from me. I spend the, spend the, the lion's share of time during the day uh, on chat, and, and I participate as, as often as I can. We have a lot of fun there. Yeah, they're, uh, they're quite the characters. Um, well, that's putting it lightly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're, they're quite the characters. We, uh, I think we normally see, uh, well, the guy that, uh, one of the people that are here in the, uh, the live uh, chat room tonight, uh, pre-runner, 1982 is usually there. Uh, key girl, uh, NW99XJ, which is Josh. And uh, I make an appearance there from time to time. I usually have a lot of windows, a lot of tabs, and I'm moving back and forth between things. So I, I do drive by uh, smart-ass comments and then uh, move on. <laughs> yeah, like a sniper. He just uh, yeah. throws, throws one in there every now and then. Where'd that come from? <laughs> oh, that's Tony. <laughs> then he's gone again. And uh, if they're lucky, I don't edit their uh, what their their chats are. Uh, it's uh, it's fun to edit a few words in or out uh, on one of the uh, one of the chats that they've typed in, and then then there's a, an argument for the next ten minutes. <laughs> what did you say to me? <laughs> well, folks, don't let uh, don't let that stuff dissuade you guys from checking out the website, checking out the chat, and of course, uh, if you know somebody in your neighborhood who's got a cheap Cherokee and they might be interested in uh, in well, a little something about what we do or what we're doing right here right now. Be sure to tell them about xjtalk.com and the XJ Talk Show. Yep. Well, Josh, any good news, any bad news in the the world of the 56-ton Jeep that you've well, got now? Well, you know, I, I told you a couple weeks ago that I, I've developed some squeaking going oh, yeah, on. Oh, that's I, right. Yeah, I've, I was dead certain that it was in the suspension and not in any of the steering components themselves. And uh, sure enough, I, uh, I discovered, well, what it was. I used the wrong kind of grease, Tony. Oh. I used regular grease in some of my poly bushings. And uh, for some of you guys who already know this or doesn't, don't know it, uh, well, you don't want to use reg regular grease in polyurethane or on polyurethane. It, it, although it lubricates, it doesn't do it the way that it's supposed to. Uh, so I need to grab myself some poly, uh, some poly grease. And, uh, and go through those joints one more time, push out all that old stuff, get the good poly grease in there, and it should quiet things up a little bit. So will you be able to get a, like a different color? That way you'll be able to tell whenever you're, when you've got it pushed out? 
Yeah, I think uh, I'll, I'll look for that, and uh, I'll of course, I have to get a different grease gun. I should get a different grease gun, I should say. Oh, yeah. so, and then I'll I'll go ahead and paint that one grease gun uh, grease gun a different color, or uh, you know, put some tape on it, or or something like that, so I can keep track of what I'm doing. So uh, none of this will have done any damage to the polyurethane bushings, will it? No, I don't think so. Everything that I've that I've read and the people I've talked to just say, no, you're, it'll be fine. It's just uh, more annoying than anything with all the squeaking. And that's not going to go away until you get that poly grease in there. So I have to rebuild my flex joints anyways. So um, this is just, you know, good, uh, good reason to, to, you know, take those arms off one more time, finish up the, uh, the rebuild on those, and then just redo everything with a whole bunch of poly grease going to make a mess and I'll have uh, I'll probably end up filling filling more than a few shop rags around here with uh with bad grease but but uh all is well and all will be well eventually as soon as I get around to it. Well good. I mean it sounds like that was a simple solution. Yeah, uh I, you know I was I was thinking it was uh, something much more drastic. I'm glad that that that's what it was uh and I don't have to, you know, start tearing things apart too terribly bad. So it's uh, it's an easy fix and I I really like easy fixes. Yep. Speaking of easy fixes, I, uh, I don't know if I even mentioned this, uh, on the show. Uh, the wife and I, uh, went, uh, to go get something to eat the other day and it had been a, a week ago. I can't remember. And anyway, I noticed that there was some, uh, vibrations, uh, whenever I was accelerating, uh, like in third gear. And if I let off the gas, the vibrations would go away and it wasn't, wasn't really bad. It just, her, her TJ is really, really smooth, always has been, even after uh, I lifted it. Uh, so uh, any, any little vibration that I might feel in there, it, it's pretty obvious. And I asked her about it because nobody had said anything to me about this. And uh, she says, oh, yeah, it's been doing that for a while now. <laughs> I don't like it. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, why don't you tell me these things? Right. Uh, because I'm thinking you joint. I mean, you know, I put a four-inch lift on it. The, the drive shaft, I don't know if, you've, if you guys have, uh, if everybody's seen a, a TJ drive shaft, it's like six inches long. I mean, it's longer than that, but man, it's just so tiny. And um, they even put, uh, put this thing on there that looks like a harmonic balancer uh, on the front of it. And it's a dampener to try to keep the, the vibrations down because it's so short. I have to take a picture of it. I can see by the look on your face, Josh, you don't know what I'm talking about. It, it looks like a harmonic balancer on the front of the drive shaft. I think it's on the front. Yeah, it's on the front of the drive shaft. And it's it's used to, to stabilize the that short of a drive shaft so you don't get vibrations out of it. Interesting. I uh, My buddy's 2003 TJ does not have one of those. Well, this is a 2003. Interesting. Yep. Interesting. Now... And- well, his uh, his is an automatic. I don't know if yours is an automatic. I don't know if that no. has anything to do with anything, but yeah, uh, no, this is a standard, a five speed standard. Neither the front or the rear drive line has has anything like that. That's that's very interesting. Yeah, I'd I'd be very curious to see pictures of that. That sounds kind of neat, actually. So uh, anyway, I, uh, uh, I I had I was underneath mine. I was uh, uh, put, putting uh, replacing the uh, the rear yoke on my uh, Chrysler eight point two five this weekend and. I was getting ready to, to go get a 32-millimeter uh, socket so I could get the uh, nut off that uh, yoke and pull it out. And I figured, well, since I'm going to be out, I'm going to go ahead. Because I, I just assumed it was a bad U-joint uh, that, was, uh, that was causing the vibrations. So I figured, uh, you know, while I'm, uh, while I'm dirty and while I'm out, 
since I've already been under my Jeep, and uh, I'll go crawl under the TJ there, the driveway, and, and just see if I can move the drive shafts around a little bit and identify which U-joint is bad, and mm-hmm. then I'll stop and get a U-joint, and uh, it'll really make my day suck because I'll get to be in the 96-degree heat uh, for even longer replacing a U-joint. Anyway, I got underneath there, and I, I, I suspected the short drive shaft first, so that's the one I had to look at. And um, just just eyeballed it real quick, and I noticed that the caps on the U-joint, the rear U-joint that goes into the yoke of the uh, Dana 35, mm-hmm. uh, the tops of those uh, caps were shiny. Ooh. You know, that, that's closest to the, the intersection from the, you know, the, the X of the U-joint. So yeah. it was it was above the straps where it was shiny. And I'm thinking to myself, that's not right. There's no reason why that should be shiny. There's that oh. that shouldn't be shiny at all unless it's rubbing. Right. So, so I, I put my hand on the drive shaft and, and I was able to uh move the drive shaft up and down. Like oh. like the same issue I was having with the yoke on my Chrysler eight point two five. The the U joint wasn't uh sitting flush or I'll, the little tabs that are on the yoke uh, were worn, so it allowed the the if you if the straps were loose, you could literally move the 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 bearings uh, or the caps of the U joint up and down inside there. There was probably a sixteenth of an inch gap uh, that you know shouldn't be there. It should fit snug so that it doesn't uh, move around, stays centered, and and you know stays balanced. Well, that would definitely uh, well that would definitely cause some vibration. Yeah. So I uh, I. Th- I looked at it carefully. I tried moving, just putting my hand on the, the cap and moving it, and it didn't budge. Well, that's good. You don't want those things flying out on you. I've actually experienced that on my Dana 30 on my Cherokee, having uh, driven down the road and, and hearing a loud clunk underneath the uh, underneath the Jeep, looking in my rearview mirror and seeing something bounce down the freeway behind me, mm-hmm. uh, later finding out that the one of the U-joint caps just popped right out. Of course, that was on your uh, your axle, not the uh, drive drive line it wasn't on the drive line still i mean definitely nothing you want to want to go no. through regardless of where it is right but the thing i was looking here was i was thinking maybe this yoke was worn out and it had a gap in it so whenever i pressed the the u-joint cap up it didn't move so the yoke was fine so then i, I got to thinking how could that be shiny if this thing isn't actually moving what what was it that was moving it's not the u-joint itself that's nice and solid with the drive shaft and then I touched the, the strap. It was loose. Oh, geez. So I thought, well, the other one's shiny. I touched that strap. It was loose. Oh, boy. So I went and got the, the same wrench I was using on mine, uh, 5 sixteenths or whatever it is, some tiny little thing, mm-hmm. and came over there and tightened the four bolts that hold the strap down. And I'll have you know that I've never had that drive shaft off. I'm, well, geez, I'm wondering if, if somebody was trying to get underneath there and steal it from you, uh, if, you know, for scrap metal or something like that. Uh, and, you know, maybe they, maybe they got interrupted halfway through the process or something, or, or maybe there's other issues going on and uh, there's some other vibration that's causing things to work their way loose over time. You know, I don't, I don't know. Either way, that's, that's kind of scary. I would, I would uh, ha- hazard to guess. I don't know. Uh, it's got 108,000 miles on it. Um, the, the, the person that owned this Jeep uh, was a young lady whose dad purchased it for her. And it's just a hazard to guess. I bet you 
they had the, those U joints replaced not too long ago. And mm-hmm. I bet you in the process, whoever did it didn't tighten those bolts up all the way. And I, if I'm not mistaken, a lot of people say you're supposed to use a little bit of a Loctite on those as well, just to kind of keep things where they're supposed to be. Right. Uh, I would, I would venture to guess you're on the right track and that, and that person, even if they did tighten things down, uh, probably didn't do it that well. And they more than likely didn't use any Loctite either. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I've, I've had mine off several times and I've put several, uh, tens of thousands of miles on my 98 and with not without Loctite and it wasn't an issue. Yeah, no, I, I checked mine before my big run to Northwest Fest. Uh, uh, several weeks ago and just I climbed underneath and, and front to back with that Jeep uh, and a socket set wrenches going over everything that I could making sure everything was tightened down including those strap bolts and uh, sure enough everything was nice and snug still after several years uh, yeah. of being in there I you know I haven't uh, haven't done anything with those u-joints since I replaced them in there when I had the new drive shaft put in yeah no, it's that's a great idea, and uh, uh, you're much less likely to to break down out on the trail. But uh, you're you're also more likely to drag other people around because they break down. Yeah, true. <laughs> you, you'll have to listen to the past episode. That's what Josh had to go through recently was dragging somebody around that whose whose rig did break. But anyway, um, so uh, you know, I I'm gonna take care of it uh, once and for all because uh, I'm going to do to it something similar to what I did with the, the 8.25 on my 98 this weekend. I purchased a, um, a, a, a yoke, uh, I'm sorry, a U-joint, no, let me get this right, a U-bolt yoke from Iron Rock Off-Road for my Chrysler 8.25. And I did that because, as I mentioned earlier, I had some play with the bearing. The bearing, uh, the, U, the U-bolt was actually able to move up and down inside the yoke because they're, those little tabs that were in there, I guess, got worn or something. So uh, I, I went ahead and replaced the yoke, uh, and there's no sense in putting it back with bolts and straps because straps are crap. Uh, that's that's fine if you're on the road uh, and regular-sized tires, but it's not a good idea, especially when putting uh, the uh, U-bolts uh, on there is so easy to do. Now, um, what I'm going to do is I love I, I love the setup. I mean, you you just look at the those those U-bolts. Uh, on the uh, uh, holding the 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 uh, it's, it's too many U's uh, holding the the U joints in uh, on that Chrysler 8.25 now it's just beautiful it looks very very uh, rugged very sturdy. So and, I'm going to clarify a couple things here for for some of our please. listeners who may not be familiar with with what we're talking about here. So what uh, what this is, folks the the Chrysler 8.25 U bolt kit from Iron Rock Off Road is is way above and beyond what a standard yoke is in this in this yoke what what holds half of that uh, that u joint comes right off of the back differential um this and this is what the axle attaches to part of the axle attaches to this u joint and uh and you know drive the other shaft. half of the u joint sits inside this yoke right here the drive and, shaft attaches to not axle drive, right and uh this um the the u joint the the u bolts that he's talking about just like the ones that go over your axle um, that hold the uh, the hold the leaf springs in place. It's just a smaller version of these things, and they are way stronger than than the straps on your typical yoke that hold the U joint in place. Yeah, because it's one ma- piece of metal as opposed to two bolts and and the thin piece of metal that you know goes between the two bolts. And what makes this yoke kit 
so much more, you know, sturdy than let's say not, you can do this modification to your existing yoke, just drilling where those bolt, uh, those bolt holes are drilling those out for some larger hardware and buying these, U, these, uh, these U-bolts uh, from your local parts store. You can do a modification to your existing yoke. The problem with that is that you're drilling it out. You're removing metal. You're taking material away from that, which is going to make that yoke just a little bit weaker. You may be strengthening up the joint as a whole, but that yoke is going to be slightly compromised. Now, I mean, you're going to have to be in a you know perfect storm of circumstances in order to break that sort of thing, but this Iron Rock Off-Road U-bolt yoke is way beefier. It's a whole new casting uh, and it's got plenty of material surrounding those U-bolt holes for a huge strength improvement. And actually, uh, what I'm going to do uh, is uh, drill out my Dana 30 yoke and mm-hmm. put, put U-bolts uh, in there. And I'm going to also do that uh, at least to the Dana 35 rear end on the TJ. Um, because I'll have, to, I'll have to let you know, but I don't think that the, the, the amount of material that you have to remove to get the U-bolt in there is that much. No, it's it's not. You're you're really chasing that hole. And folks, I'm I'm you know over exaggerating things a little bit. Um, you know, I'm I'm an engineer by trade, so anytime I think about removing material from something, it's got to make it weaker. Uh, so you know that's that's the only reason why I say that. There's you know there's nothing wrong with doing this modification that Tony was just talking about. Um, Iron Rock says if you want to replace the whole kit and caboodle, we have a kit that's just basically just bolt in. And folks, you guys can get that kit right now for just under seventy-five bucks from Iron Rock Off-Road. Yeah, it was really, it's really nice too. Um, now, anyway, uh, I uh, I put that in, and I only put the put that in because uh, the U-joint wasn't fitting tight in the yoke. So the U-joint caps would actually slide back and forth inside the yoke. So my yoke was worn out. Otherwise, oh otherwise I would have just drilled it and put the U-bolts in, like uh, like. Uh, uh, M. Smorenberg did on on his. Uh, he had the same issue with the, the yoke being worn out, but you know he's got all these parts laying around, and he found a a yoke that uh, the U joint fit in perfectly, and then he drilled it out. And I think you know I think the U bolts, uh, Spicer U bolts. Uh, I don't have the part number in front of me. Is like eight bucks for a pair. So we're talking about a huge strength uh, in, increase on this. And while you're there, get a couple of sets so you have some in the back of your Jeep in case you break one. Right. And you're much, you're much, much less likely to break one of those uh, than you are uh, a strap. A strap is a thin piece of metal that will uh, distort and let the, the cap come out of there, and then the drive shaft comes out, and then all hell breaks loose. And I guarantee you, it sounds like Christmas whenever that, you, uh, whenever that drive shaft is bouncing against the bottom of your Jeep. So anyway, that's what I did. Uh, I only drove it uh, a, a little bit. Oh, one other thing. I was very surprised. Now, keep in mind, um, I had 456 gears uh, put in uh, my front and rear differential about four or five years ago. So this is the first time that that nut holding the pinion had been off. And I want you to know that I did not have to use the impact to get that nut off. I I would call it snug. I would not even have called it tight. Oh, man. That's uh wow, but, but it has not been a problem. So anyway, uh, I, uh, I I made it a little more than snug when I put it back because I don't want to. Uh, I didn't want to do anything to that uh, to that crush sleeve that would right. uh, change my pinion depth. Uh, so I you know I got it. It's tighter than it was, and I've I've probably put 
80,000 miles on it the way it was. <laughs> but it was it was a bit of a shocker because I was afraid I was going to have to mess with this thing quite a bit. If you guys have ever mo- removed a, a nut off of a pinion that was put on by the factory, I mean, people have actually used breaker bars and then used the weight of the Jeep, either pushing it forward or backward and letting the pressure of the, the whole Jeep moving so that that nut could be broken loose. I mean, there's impacts that won't break these things loose. Yeah, no, they they are really on there, and and for good reason. Uh, and to hear that yours was just sort of snug, snug. Boy. <laughs> yeah, snug. I would say that would be. And you know, I was there when he was doing all this stuff. So, and I've I've never done gear changes, so I don't know. And he would feel it. You know, he he would feel to see how how everything was moving, and and because he tightened it down to crush the sleeve, and then he backed it off, and he. And we did the the paint on the gears and got a good pattern out of it. So it's been great. Haven't had any whines or anything. So, you know, I was a little nervous seeing him doing it, uh, but based on what I'd read, but uh, it's uh, it's been it's done a, a good job. But anyway, so I, I wholeheartedly recommend uh, doing the uh, the U joint uh, replacement. It's really easy to do. You just drill out those holes, and then uh, you have a much stronger setup with the the U U joint U uh, bolt combination. And well, I wish I could uh, I could get a new gear replacement here done, uh, especially with I've got a I've got a big wheeling trip coming up this weekend, Tony, and uh, and with the the nice dry weather, well, there's going to be a lot of rock crawling going on, that's for sure. And I could use some deeper gears for for that kind of terrain and that kind of wheeling. Uh, unfortunately, I'm going to have to deal with what I've got the 355s and and make it work. Well, it should be okay. I mean. Uh, I know the guys, uh, when, when we went wheeling, they were driving around with 355s and, uh, they just had it in uh, four wheel low all the time and they were doing fine. Yep. That's what I, uh, I've, uh, this will be my third, fourth year on this, uh, on this trip. I'm, I'm going out with, uh, Oregon's oldest sanctioned Jeep club. Uh, they were established in the, uh, I think in the early sixties and, uh, and they've, they've been a recognized, uh, Jeep body in, in here in Oregon. Uh, ever since, and they they are I still I still think that to this day one of the largest Jeep clubs in in all of Oregon, and uh, and they they hold uh, what they call back to basics, and it's a weekend long wheeling event uh, held out in the uh, in one of the state forests here. Some camping, some wheeling, a lot of good people, and I look forward to it every year, and I can't wait to get out there. Sounds good. Looking forward to the pictures. Oh yeah. And I will be getting some audio this time, I assure you. Oh, I forgot about that. I should have given you a hard time about that. I, that's your you right. There was no interviews. Yeah, no, I uh, I had my hands full with with all the prep work and uh, and and logistics and everything as far as doing what I was doing. And and I just I wish I would have had more time to to just sit back and relax and and be able to to whip out the recorder and and go around. Since I'm since I have got basically nothing to do but wheel and camp uh, for this trip then uh, uh, I, I should be able to have time to, to whip out the recorder and get some interviews on the scenes with you guys. We here at the XJ Talk Show really appreciate you listening to our podcast. If you enjoy the show, please consider sharing it with a friend. It's so easy. Just tell them to go to xjtalkshow.com. Hey, it's Matt Adair with Petty Cash Racing. Tune in to the XJ Talk Show to find out more about our team and the Jeep we all love. You already know about XJ Talk on Facebook, Twitter, and Google+. 
But did you know we're on YouTube as well? We have often on-road adventures, how-tos for fixing or augmenting your Jeep. Besides, man cannot live by sound alone, right? Come see what we got at youtube.com slash user slash xjtalk. Don't forget to subscribe and make comments on our videos. First Week in G. Well, guys, no news is good news, I guess, as far as that whole recall business going on. I'm, I'm not going to report on that this week in hopes that, well, maybe something will develop over the next week and we'll go ahead and bring some fresh stuff to you next time around. I do have some stuff that, uh, well, as I, as I prefaced earlier in the show, a little bit of history and some news on the Cherokee we all love to hate, the 2014 Cherokee. Not to be confused with the XJ, the XJ that we all love, a Jeep, the real Jeep. Well, folks, back in 2009, amidst the whole auto manufacturer bailout mess, there were talks about General Motors and Chrysler joining forces and becoming one. That new company would have been called General Chrysler Motors, or GCM for short. Uh, the only thing holding them up, basically, from, from making this well, merger, if, if you will, uh, is what to do with the Dodge and the Jeep brands. Now, had this actually gone through, Chrysler would have sold off at least the Jeep brand to International. Now, that's kind of cool. A lot of you are, are familiar with the International name. They, they do trucks. They, they did the Scout back in the day and stuff like that. International has been a, a longtime uh, automotive entity uh, in, in the world, and they do some decent stuff. Now, even back then, talks were abound about killing off the Patriot, the Commander, and even the Compass. Uh, the remaining models, the Grand Cherokee, the Wrangler, and the Liberty, would all get, check this out, a diesel makeover. Now, this, this is all laid out on the table, and they had everything all lined up for when this merger was going to happen, how things were going to proceed for a number of years. Um, another change for all these vehicles would be that every single last Jeep model made would have the option of getting the Rubicon package. Uh, that means basically front and rear lockers, a four-to-one transfer case, and electronic sway bar disconnects. Now, that's really interesting, especially for the people out there who, well, don't have a Wrangler, for se, uh, per se. They would be able to have these kind of performance additives, uh, obviously off-road additives, um, you know, done to their, to their Jeep, you know, when they purchased it. Other changes would be, and this is something we've all talked about, solid axles under the front of the next generation Grand Cherokee and Liberty. Now, remember, this is all going on back in 2009. So they had all this stuff lined up. Now, think about what a 2010 Grand Cherokee with solid axles or a 2010 Liberty with a diesel and a solid axle and this Rubicon package set up would actually be, well, not half bad, to tell you the truth. Now, all of this, of course, didn't happen. Uh, but even then, talks were going on about replacing the Liberty with, guess what, a Cherokee. That's right, guys. Back in 2009, they were already talking about killing off the, the Liberty and replacing it with a new Cherokee. Unfortunately, International did not get a hold of Jeep, and, well, Fiat did. <laughs> and you see what happened. Fiat gave us a Cherokee instead of International. Imagine what things would be like had that merger gone through. Well, speaking of the Cherokee, folks, uh, production has officially began this week in the Toledo, Ohio manufacturing plant. Um, still to this day, not an official hundred percent sure when your showroom is going to see a Cherokee, but Hey, at least they're making them now. Right. So in other news, um, because I think we've been bitching about it so much, um, the, the current packages that they have for the Cherokee just aren't quite enough to really 
facilitate good sales. I don't think this thing is going to be a success. And I don't think that uh, Chrysler thinks it's going to be a success either because they have announced that they are going to be working on an SRT version of the 2014 Cherokee. The high-performance SUV is said to come with a nine-speed automatic transmission, just like a lot of them do right now, and an all-wheel drive. They're thinking also about a two-wheel drive version, uh, but the engine type is still unknown at this point. Uh, they've gone down potential engine types as far as what they want to do, what they think they might be able to get away with, including a six-cylinder, check it out, twin turbo powertrain underneath uh, this this whole thing. And I, there, there's talks about a Maserati engine in this thing. I don't know. It's Fiat. You know, what can you, what can you say? Uh, a 3.2 liter V6 turboed. Um, they're talking somewhere in the neighborhood of looking around 325 to around 404 horsepower and around 400 foot pounds of torque. Pretty impressive for a small little SUV. Uh, but uh, nonetheless, an SRT version will be coming to your showroom on this thing Probably in late 2014. We might not see it until 2015. Honestly, if we never see it, I'm fine with that. <laughs> yeah, me too. You know, uh, I haven't haven't spoke about it here uh, on this show, but on our other show, the Tony and Josh show, that's uh, every Thursday at 10 p.m. Uh, Central Time on uh, the Tony and Josh show uh, on Ustream. You can go to TonyandJoshShow.com or actually just TonyandJosh.com and uh, and get that information so you can come join us over there. But anyway, I know I'd spoken about uh, Oscar Mike, which is a uh, uh, basically a T-shirt uh, company, American-owned uh, clothing and uh, veterans and uh, handicapped veterans that, that run this thing. And uh, one of the things that they did recently was uh, they did a Kickstarter project to, uh, to get some money and, uh, you know, to kind of expand uh, their clothing line and uh, into uh, shoes and some other deals they're trying to get into. And it's been very successful for them. And um, just sitting here listening to the Jeep tips, uh, I'm sorry, the, the, the This Week in Jeep, I got to thinking, Josh, maybe we should start a Kickstarter and see if we can't buy Jeep from, <laughs> from Fiat. <laughs> and we'll call it, uh, the company will be XJ Talk, and we'll sell damn good Jeeps. <laughs> They'll have to have front axles. Uh each Liberty will come with a, a book of jokes that I've made about the Liberty, about, you know, little digs and stuff. But, but you know, if it's got a front axle on it, I'll, I'll, I may leave it alone because uh, I, I can't tell you how happy I am to hear that they're talking about that in 2009 anyway, they were talking about bringing the Cherokee back and killing the Liberty because that's the biggest problem I have with the Liberty was is that they Jeep stopped making one of the best vehicles ever made, cheapest most capable off-road vehicle ever made in favor for that piece of crap Liberty. Yep. Yep. I know it's uh, not exactly what we call a fair trade-off, but you know, I might not be quite as bitter about it had they kept it with a front, with a solid front axle yeah. and, and given a, a healthy diesel power plant option on that. I, you know, I would not be and especially with an available Rubicon package to boot. Can you imagine a four to one, um, a four to one low geared up, locked up Liberty with a solid front axle. You know, that's, that's not, not all that hard to think about. And, and really I, you know, I wouldn't mind having one in my driveway. Well, I tell you what, and I've mentioned this to you before, if they come out with a Wrangler with a, uh, a diesel or turbo diesel, like uh, what they're doing with the, the Cherokee, the Grand Cherokee, uh, I might get one. 
get a four door, uh, and I, I say I might get one. Uh, the, the wife would drive it, but uh, you know it would be uh, then we'd we'd move the TJ over to one of the girls, uh, let them drive uh, uh, you know drive the TJ. And of course we, uh, I say move over. We we would drive all the vehicles. The only vehicle that doesn't get driven by anybody is is mine. And it's fine if they want to drive it. There's just so many things I got to tell them about <laughs> this, that, and the other. And, you know, I think they're just kind of like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> My daughter drove it to uh, Randall's the other day, and she was like, oh, I, f- I felt so powerful. <laughs> well, I'm, I, uh, I've been hearing a lot more buzz lately about a potential diesel option in the Wranglers. Uh, well, they got to do it. They have to do it. it. They have to. Well, and the thing is, is the numbers are just way too attractive not to. Uh, I, I read some numbers a while back on on that, and and memory's not going to serve me, you know, 100% on this. But I want to say that the diesel pl- power plant that they're looking at putting in there is a little over 300 horsepower and is putting out somewhere in the neighborhood of 400 foot pounds of torque. And in a in a Wrangler. That is just immense power and torque. And at your disposal with a four to one transfer case, goodness gracious, that thing could climb a tree. Yeah. <clears throat> well, we'll see what happens. Uh, they, there hasn't been, um, I want to say that there hasn't been very many smart moves by, by Jeep uh, here recently, but they are putting a diesel in, in a grand. So maybe I just, I, I, I'm just really surprised they didn't start it out in the Wrangler because it just makes too much sense to, yep. to, to, well, perhaps it's because the Wranglers have been selling so well and yeah. it, it's why mess with it if they're selling well. Uh, yeah, I well, guess, I guess I can see this because, you know, you put it in the grand and people start going, Oh my God, can we get that in a Wrangler? Please give me a Wrangler. And that way they kind of get an idea of, of the, uh, you know, how, how badly the audience wants it. And, and then they can predict if it's a good thing to do or not. Cause I'm sure it's very costly to, to make motor changes. I, I still think that they, it should have been an option if nothing else to where you go into the dealership and you're like, I just cannot live, you know, another month without having a brand new Wrangler. Uh, you know, I want to, you know, have this option, this option and this option. They're like, well, you can also have it with a diesel, you know, and, and somebody who's going in and has that kind of an income to basically build a Wrangler from scratch with exactly how they want it from the factory, uh, I can't imagine why they haven't until now um, been offering the, the Wranglers with a diesel option. It just it it doesn't make sense. Now over over across seas, uh, diesels are abound. You can get them in just about anything, and I think that they have been putting them uh, in in some other Jeeps. I don't think they've been in the Wrangler uh, the Wrangler platforms even across seas yet, uh, but they have been in some of the other uh, some of the other models. We just don't get them over here. Again, it doesn't make any sense. Tree, <clears throat> excuse me, tree huggers. That's the yeah. only thing I can figure. This is Dan from the 4x4 Podcast, and you're listening to the XJ Talk Show. XJTalk.com. It's where you go when you're not off-road. The XJ Talk Show is now available on iTunes. Subscribe and leave a review. Also, be sure to give us a five-star rating. We welcome and look forward to your questions and comments. Dial 530-675-4102 and leave your message on our 24 by 7 voicemail. Amazon.com and the XJ Talk Show present You Bought What? Oh, guys, we've got a pretty decent list for you all this week. But uh, for those of you who don't know what we're doing here, I got to bring you up to speed real quick. 
XJ Talk Show and XJTalk.com have a great relationship with Amazon.com. We'd like for you guys to do some of your online shopping and play along with us with this game by heading over to either, either of our websites and clicking on the Amazon banner you see there on the page. It'll take you straight over to Amazon.com where you can do all of your online shopping as you normally would. Buy anything you would normally buy online through Amazon.com and you're not going to pay a red cent more. Not a single dime more, but Amazon has agreed to give us a little bit of a kickback. It's a great way for you guys to support your favorite podcast and your favorite website all at the same time. In addition to that, Amazon has agreed to give us a list of what's been purchased. Now, we don't see who's been buying the stuff, and that's what makes it so much fun. We get a list of some crazy stuff every now and again, some really cool stuff too, and we get to play a little bit game game with it called You Bought What? And this week, we've got a, well, a fairly decent list, and we'll go through some of the items with you guys right now. Yeah, I'll just add that uh, <laughs> it's uh, you really can buy anything at Amazon.com because uh, we've had a couple of people throw us a few curveballs in uh, yeah. buying some adult type uh, entertainment on uh, Amazon.com, and then uh, it was on our list, and we had we had quite a bit of fun with that. Oh yeah, we've gotten some really off the wall things before, and uh, and some of the stuff it's just we wouldn't be doing it any justice to revisit those lists. You guys are going to have to go back to the archives and check out some of those shows. It's a lot of fun. Well, I thought this was pretty cool. You know, I always say I like it when people buy things on Amazon.com after clicking on our banner uh, that is Jeep-related. And uh, I did not know that you could get Rubicon Express items from from, uh, from Amazon, but somebody went over there and bought a Rubicon Express RE1660 track bar for a Jeep XJZJ. And we're just going to assume it was for the XJ, Josh. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and make that assumption, too. Uh, <laughs> obviously, they're an XJ talk show listener. And uh, looking for a little bit of an upgrade to keep that front axle centered underneath the Jeep. Can't think of a better one than uh, Rubicon Express. It's some great stuff right there, and we want to thank that buyer for uh, purchasing some cool stuff there. Speaking of cool stuff and some other Jeep stuff, we've got, well, a best top replacement black hood latch kit. Uh, now, this is going to be, obviously, when we're talking about a hood latch kit and black, what well, we're talking about a Wrangler. Uh, and this is uh, for by best stop, a 51-291-01. I wonder if that 01 means an 01 Wrangler. Anyways, these are the things that, well, are going to keep that hood latched nice and closed as you're going down the road or up, up over the trail. I have to have a look at that. If uh, if no other reason uh, for, uh, well, gee, it was, I see the price here was $8.37. That's not bad. Um, you know how they, you know how the, the stuff on the Jeeps kind of the black stuff kind of starts fading over time for nine bucks, man. Uh, if it was, uh, if it's nice and black for a few years, it'd be worth, uh, you know, $8 and 50 cents. Oh, and I'm sure it's cheaper than Chrome and folks, Chrome won't get you home. No, no, Chrome, Chrome doesn't go on the Jeep. I'm sorry. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. And I'll also mention, uh, the best top stuff is really nice. Uh, that's, uh, you know, anything that, uh, uh, Anything that I could put on the the TJ, my wife's TJ, that was uh, that I could get from Best Top, I did. I got a combination of uh, Rough Country Best Top and uh, oh, I forgot uh, the Rough Country Best Top, and um, I, I totally lost it. Oh, well, uh, Bushwhacker. Hey, there we go. Yeah, the fat, flat fender fair, flares and the uh, the pretend armor. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. I remember uh, the talking about the uh, in the interview with uh, who was it. Uh, uh, from Bushwhacker was his name. Uh, I can't remember Matt? now, but I Seems remember like that it. topic of conversation. Oh, it was Ben. Up. It was Ben yeah. because it's Ben. It was Ben at uh, Bushwhacker, and it was also Ben at Rough Country. And I think uh, those yeah. I, th- I think those <laughs> interviews were back to back. Two different Bens. 
Um, you know, and I didn't do a gentle Ben joke then there. They uh, they were probably uh, too young to know that one anyway. Ben, yeah, there are some some younger guys, but uh, but yeah, no, the best stop stuff is is great, and and well, there's uh, nothing wrong with some OEM replacement as well, and some Omics ADA radio antenna is another uh, option here, another item on our list rather, and uh, somebody obviously replacing their radio antenna. Uh, perhaps got sheared off on the trail. That's what I'd like to think, anyways. Oh yeah. And uh, yeah, getting an OEM replacement straight out of uh, straight off uh, out of Amazon with Omics ADA. Always uh, top notch OEM replacement type stuff. Now uh, I don't know the details on this more than what I'm just reading here, but this uh, bow thing. Uh, help me there, Josh. Does that sound right to you? Yeah, I think that's how you're pronouncing it. I think that's the, that's the the right way to pronounce it, anyways. So anyway, that would be the the manufacturer uh, of the of the unit. This is a UV five uh, R plus UV five R dual band, and then it goes on to list the frequencies. Uh, FM ham two A radio. Now that UV would be UHF and VHF. So this is a dual band uh, FM two uh, A radio. You know, um, actually, when I first read this, I was thinking it was a handy talkie, but as a reading, or you guys would know that as a walkie talkie, but as I'm reading this, I don't see that it says handy talkie there. So this might be a mobile unit. Now, now guys, these are FM transceivers, and you do have to have an amateur radio license to be able to, to operate one of these things, but I guarantee you it's easy to get a license and having the ability to have crystal clear uh uh, communication out on the trail between uh, Jeeps or any four-wheel drive, for, as far as that goes, uh, FM and a squelch that you don't have to monkey with because there's nobody else talking on the channel <laughs> and, and actually their frequencies. So you turn up the squelch and you don't have to worry about it whenever the, the squelch breaks. It's somebody that's in your party and you're talking to them direct and it's, it's wonderful. I, I wholeheartedly recommend getting away from the CBs and getting to the uh, the two meter or the the uh, seventy centimeter uh, UHF uh, ham radios tests yeah. are real easy to take. I couldn't agree more. And uh, as soon as I find myself some more spare time, I will uh, <laughs> yeah. get back on my studies and and get that test done, folks. I'm actually looking at this Baofeng right now on Amazon.com. It's only forty six dollars and ninety three cents, and it looks like they have free shipping. So less than fifty bucks. And Tony, you're right. This is a handheld uh, ham radio. Uh, so this is this thing is way cool. Uh, it looks like you could even get it in red, bright blue, yellow, or check it out, camouflage. Hmm. Yellow would be handy, especially out on the trail in case you dropped it. That's right. Yeah, I don't <laughs> want to drop the camouflage ham radio into no. the bush. And for and for forty six bucks, if you dropped it, you might go, oh, what the hell? I'll buy another one. <laughs> right. <laughs> Well, folks, it uh, looks like somebody picked up a programming cable for this thing as well. Uh, it's uh, just a USB programming cable, like, uh, cable, I guess, for updating some firmware or stuff like that, uh, which just goes to show that it's actually for, for less than 50 bucks. You get yourself a decent ham radio and can update it and program it as well. Uh, they picked up that item for, well, just under $8. We just found out what you bought. Oh, my God, I just can't believe that made it on the list. You know, I picked up a, a Yezu Handy Talkie, a, a single band, uh, about uh, six, eight, nine months ago. And I think I paid about 150 bucks for it. But it's a Yezu, which is a, a much better known brand uh, amateur radio transceiver. And I got it just simply because I wanted to be able to have a way of communicating back to the Jeep. Uh, mm-hmm. So if we were in an emergency, emergency, emergency situation, 
uh, I could, uh, you know, if the family was in the Jeep, I could communicate to them through this really little uh, handy talkie. Now, for 46 bucks, I mean, that's a no-brainer. And if you guys are, are interested in ham radio, uh, spend the money, go to Amazon, spend the money, get one of those things, play around with it. It'll be a great motivator for you to uh, get involved uh, on in ham radio and uh, just just don't transmit on it. It's not like CB. The, the hams take a, a, a very strong offense to people uh, using ham radios that aren't licensed. And they will find out where you are, and they will report you to the FCC, and the FCC will write you a letter. It, it's not like CB. So uh, actually that's a good thing because that's one of the reasons why it's nice and quiet uh, because it's uh, the ham bands are self-regulated. So it's not Squaresville, guys. It's just you know following the rules. Absolutely, and uh, there's definitely no better way of communicating when out on the trail than uh, something like this, and especially an emergency situation. So if you guys are ever out there and you're planning on doing some expedition-type wheeling or you know that you're going to be out of cellular range and you know the CBs do not get that best of range, especially out on the mountains or down in the valleys, uh, something like this could very well save your life. Yeah, I'll tell you something else that, that might even impress you more. Uh, because the frequency that uh, the, the frequency spectrum that the CB is allocated to, the antenna length is a, uh, a required amount of, of space. I mean, you can get small antennas, but they don't work very well because they don't, they're not the size they need to be, and they have to be electrically shortened, which means you basically get a lot of, uh, a lot of your power used up uh, in the form of uh, heat being resonated out of, the, out of one of the coils. Anyway. So uh, the, the antenna length for a CB is about 102 inches, a, a quarter wave. Uh, you can shorten that down. You see some of the K50s and, or the K40 antennas and the Wilsons that are, are shorter than that. But they're still quite long. Uh, a quarter wave antenna on two meters is about two and a half, uh, about two feet long, if that. So uh, with a, a shortened antenna like you would normally see in CB, it can be uh, like a foot long. So this is, this is a big deal whenever you go out uh, in the, uh, the wilderness, uh, driving around through trees and brush and stuff. The antenna is much smaller and much less likely to get caught on things and certainly much less likely to whip around and hit somebody in the head. Not in your Jeep, of course, but somebody standing around outside the, outside the Jeep. So uh, it's, just a, it's just a better all-around deal. Well, Josh, uh, we've got our Jeep tip tonight. Uh, it's going to be Steve, uh, 4.3 LXJ again, and he's going to be talking to us about the uh, NP231 transfer case. Got a tip? We do. It's time for Jeep tips. Hey, we're back with uh, Steve. Uh, you know him as 4.3 LXJ. He's probably uh, answered one of your questions on xjtalk.com. Steve, wel welcome back. And uh, I guess tonight we're going to get to talk about uh, transfer cases a bit. Yeah, we are. Uh, we all have them, and uh, we may or may not understand them. And uh, sooner or later, we all want to upgrade them, or at least if you're doing a lot of off-roading and, and a lot of other modifications such as uh, lifts and so forth, uh, things start coming up that you need to know. So I'd like to uh, do the uh, MP231 and a little bit of information about its predecessor, the MP207 tonight, and uh, then we'll, we'll do the full-time cases on another time. Sounds good. 
Okay, the MP207 uh, comes in the 84 to 86 model Jeep Cherokees, um, and it looks just like an MP231, except it's not. Um, you can't really buy any upgrades for it, and the two other differences are, one, it uses straight-cut gears in the low-range planetaries, and uh, they whine. So if you hear a lot of whining uh, when you're in low range, it's probably a 208. And the other thing is that instead of having a 2.72 gear reduction that the NP231 has, it has a 2.62. So uh, a slight difference there, not much. So basically the way these things work, they're a lightweight aluminum transfer case that was invented for the Cherokee that uh, is just a standard four-wheel drive, nothing fancy. Uh, it, you have either two-wheel drive, four-wheel drive, or four-wheel drive low range with a neutral position that is handy for towing, um, and it is a good transfer case for that. But uh, the, uh, the low range, unlike the older transfer cases that have nothing but gears in them, um, you know, straight one set of gears and an intermediate gear in between, you've got a planetary. And the planetaries are kind of nice. They're strong. Um, and they work very well. Uh, you can get a lower range out of the planetaries than you can out of most gear-driven transfer cases. The original ratio for almost all gear transfer cases prior to the ones used in the uh, Chevrolet products and the uh, Jeep products that have the chain drives in them, you had a two-to-one transfer case drop. Now you can go to 262, and you can go up to four-to-one on uh, some models, such as the 241OR, and you can get an upgrade if you want to pay for it from uh, TerraFlex, and you can have a four-to-one transfer case in, in your Cherokee with the 231 transfer case. So these are, the, the low range is an advantage having the planetaries there rather than, than just a set of uh, regular gears. The other thing that's uh, nice about the uh, chain drive transfer cases is that you don't have to have set of hubs uh, to operate them. The uh, older ones, instead of hubs, they had a central axle disconnect, which is a subject all of its own, but it acted like hubs. It didn't turn the drive line. So when you go to shift into four-wheel drive with an NP231 transfer case, you'll hear it kind of start winding up. And what that is is a synchro mesh that uh, starts doing what synchro meshes do, get everything turning the same speed. And once it does, the central axle disconnect kicks in and you've got it in a four-wheel drive. So it allows you to shift at any speed. Shift in at 100 miles an hour if you can get your Cherokee to go that fast. Um, or you can shift in uh, doing just sitting still in, in neutral. So uh, these chains, uh, once they, uh, you know, you use them a lot, sometimes... Uh, even though they're a, a good deal, they can they can stretch, and you need to replace them. And the thing about a chain, any chain, when it stretches, 
that you have to bear in mind is that you need to have a new set of sprockets to go with it. If you don't, it'll force that chain to stretch and you'll have a loose chain in very short order. So as long as the chains are tight, uh, they work very, very well. And if you ever have to replace one, get the sprockets too. Now, when you uh, do your modifications on your, your Jeep, such as you uh, get your four and a half or five inch lift and or higher, uh, you'll need what's called a slip yoke eliminator. And it's uh, something that uh, you can install yourself uh, as long as you've got some snap ring pliers. You can start taking your transfer case apart and install them. And slip yoke, slip yoke eliminators come in two different styles, the kind that give you a tail housing and the what they call a hack and tap. The hack and tap series are designed for the 96 and up that already has a, a tail housing with a seal on it. And so you basically just cut the shaft off, uh, drill a hole, tap it, and put a new fixed yoke on that's made for a uh, what they call a constant velocity U-joint or a double carton U-joint, same thing. Uh, then you just, uh, you know, it's cheap, 100 bucks or less sometimes, uh, and, and you're ready to go. But the problem is that if you have an earlier, you know, pre-96 transfer case, you've got to get a kit with a tail housing also. And there's several companies that make them. One is uh, Terraflex. Another is uh, Iron Rock Off-Road. You can get one from one of our vendors. Um, okay, it just escaped me. Uh, uh, I think Dirtbound think has them. Been... I think Dirtbound has them. Yeah, a... Dirtbound. That's what I was thinking of. Why didn't I remember that? Anyway, uh, there's a number of vendors that, that have them, and you have to, when you get them, you have to remember that you really need to get uh, uh some with a tail housing if you have pre-96, and if you have later than 96, you can go cheaper, or you can get the new tail housing to go with it. Now, when you go to upgrade these transfer cases, when you take them apart, there's one real important little thing, two real important little things, basically, when you take them apart. And one is that the only thing that ships you out of four-wheel drive and into two-wheel drive on these things is not the linkage like you would think. It, the linkage is nothing more than a camshaft. And a camshaft to operate properly has to have some spring tension against it, you know, and there is a little spring in the MP231 that is what pushes it out of four-wheel drive into two-wheel drive. So when you take these things apart, do not lose that little spring. It's very important or you'll never get it out of four-wheel drive. The other thing that you need to remember is make sure that the oil pump is positioned properly so that it works. It's on an eccentric shaft and it, it just pumps oil. And that's one of the great things about these 231 transfer cases. They have their own oil pump. And so you can tow with them by putting them in neutral and not hurt a thing. Now, the uh, uh, one of the other things is, is when you're driving these things, that little spring that I mentioned pushes you out of four-wheel drive into two-wheel drive, um, sometimes they don't want to disengage. So a little trick you have to learn is you have to let off of the gas and uh, take some of the tension out of the system, or sometimes you have to stop and back up. But 
one of the two will reverse the uh, tension that the drivetrain has put on the gears and allow that little spring to work. Um, sometimes it's problematic. We get a lot of questions from people, how do, how do I get this thing on a four-wheel drive? And basically you shift out of it before you hit the drive pavement. Now, one other thing that I want to address is if you're going to put one-ton running gear under your Jeep, and a lot of people like to do that, the slip yoke eliminator and the drive shaft that you want to get you want to either get it all through Tom Woods or you want to get it get it through advanced adapters. And the reason for that is the advanced adapters unit has a 32-line shaft on it, which allows you to go to larger yokes and uh, is a stronger tail shaft. And if you're going to go into all the trouble to put one-ton running gear in, you might as well get that 32-spline shaft in there and get the right yokes and the right heavy-duty driveline. And Advanced Adapters and Tom Woods are the guys to fix you up with that. And uh, the nice thing about uh, Advanced Adapters is you can get a uh, driveline parking brake uh, that goes with that from Parts Mikes. They're uh, in type with both of those companies. And uh, then you don't have to worry about parking brake cables for your Dana 60 and how you're going to do that. That's about all I've got for right now on the MP231 case. I'm sure there might be some things I haven't covered, but that's pretty much the basics. Well, that's a lot of information, Steve, and we sure do appreciate you sharing it with us. Well, Josh, I think that's about about as much fun as you can have with your pants on. Yep, I've uh, got mine firmly on, the belt snucked up tight. Uh, folks, I have done this show sans clothing before. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, it's a good time to be had by all and sh for sure. We encourage you guys to head over to Ustream. Join us for our live shows every Sunday. We usually have a good time. And, uh, well, as you guys can tell, we uh, definitely give you guys some good information, too. Yeah, just go to uh, uh, xjtalkshow.com for showtime information. You can uh, go over to Ustream, uh, log on uh, via Facebook, Twitter, or uh, create a uh, Ustream login. And then you can actually, uh, I can't know if it's, I guess it's called subscribing. You can kind of subscribe to our show. And then you'll get email notifications uh, as to uh, when our, our shows are going to be. They're uh, every Sunday, 10 p.m. Central Time. Uh, hasn't uh, doesn't change. Well, I guess it changes when when situations come up where we can't make the show. But those things are few and far between. But anyway, go over there and register, and then you can also have your nice little name in the chat room, uh, so people re will recognize you that are also XJ Talk uh, members. Of course, well, membership is not required. Just uh, enjoy the show. And speaking of subscribing, we encourage you guys to head over to use, uh, YouTube uh, and check out our, our channel over there. Lots of good video stuff over there as well. You can find us on iTunes as well. Please head over to iTunes. Give us a five-star review and uh, check out the show there. Have the whole ar uh, archive is, uh, there as well. And you can find us on Stitcher Radio also. Yep. Oh, uh, and also, too, uh, remind you guys again about the Tony and Josh show. It's an opinion show. Uh, I know it's hard to believe that Josh and I have opinions, but we do. Uh, they, we, we talk about anything that isn't Jeep on the, T the Tony and Josh show uh, every Thursday night. Also at 10 p.m. Central Time, you can go over to TonyandJosh.com and get more information and also to listen to past shows. Yep, yep. All good, kind, kinds of good stuff there. And folks, uh, when you hear us next time, well, I'm going to have a little bit of a review of my epic wheeling weekend that I had just had. So I'll catch you guys next week. 
All righty. Sounds good. Take some uh, fireworks with you. I'm sure you got some left over. <laughs> no, man. We've had uh, not, not enough rain for that kind of stuff uh, here. So, yeah, and I'll be playing it safe. All right. Guys, thanks for being here tonight, uh, the live, uh, the people on the live show, and everybody else that listens to the podcast. Have a good uh, week. Amazon.com and the XZ Talk Show present You Bought What? Walkers, crawlers, blood, guts, and all that is zombie. You know, playing this reminds me, uh, Denver D1 tried to get me back the other day. Oh, yeah? Because they were, did you see the the boobs thing? Oh, yeah, I did. But I, when you said, uh, like, Denver D1 fail, I, you know, I went over to, because I thought that that's, it was in that thread. Yeah. And I, I, you know, I couldn't really tell what you were talking about. I don't know if there was some moderation there that kind of happened afterwards. I, I didn't, I didn't know exactly what happened. Yeah, what transpired? Yeah, basically, you know, and I do the same thing all the time because I'm an asshole. I, <laughs> they were, they were posting up pictures of girls, uh, with, uh, you know, large boobs or, you know, uh, nipples showing or something. So it was, it was a boob post basically, you know, let's post some boobs. They weren't specific about gender. So, <laughs> So I went and found on the internet a picture of a guy, a, he- a heavy set guy, right, right, pushing his boobs together, you know, and and strict to our no nips policy. There was no nipples showing, <laughs> and so I put that up, and I put it up there as me, and I I figured it was just people are going to get all excited, scroll down, and go, oh my god, what the hell's going on? <laughs> then I laugh, you know, and I have a good time. Because again, I'm an asshole. So <laughs> Denver D1 took it upon himself to say, you know, what is it, you know, with, you know, these pictures of guys like this, you know, uh, like, are you into this or someone like that? Anyway, he just, you know, tried to turn it around on me. So I went and changed the owner of the post. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> nicely done. <laughs> and can you guess who I changed the owner to? Oh, gee, I wonder. <laughs> Uh, I'm sure Denver was just beside it. Ah, <laughs> you motherfucker! Y'all really had me going for a minute. I was about to be like, "No way, you son of a bitches aren't gonna sit there." <laughs> so, <laughs> and I left it. I didn't. I didn't point it out. I just left it, and I was gonna wait for him to see and you know call me a name. And and he did not. He did not see it change. So right. I finally had to say, you know, I don't know what you're talking about. You know, is this like the fart deal or whatever you fart and you blame it on somebody else? And then he went back and looked at it. (laughs) (laughs) Rat bastard or you bastards or something. (laughs) Which, by the way, he had a birthday this past week. So happy birthday, Denver D1. Uh, You know, if you're still on the site and if you still listen to the show after being (laughs) after being moderated to be the owner of that uh, naked half naked guy post. Oh yeah, we should have given him a, a live uh, live shout out birthday. Uh, considering he's he's been uh, the reason and the cause, we've had to, we've actually had to alter the show a couple of times with some with some new new uh, new material. Uh, we should have given him a live shout out. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, anyway, little extra bit on the end of the show. I thought you guys would enjoy that uh, that little thing about Denver D one. Maybe yeah, he'll, maybe uh, he'll call in after he hears this. <laughs>